creating cultural awareness and understanding. This is Culture Click. Culture Click is written and produced by KQALFM on the campus of Winona State University. Today on Culture Click, we are in the studio with Inga Wichter to discuss her upcoming cooking demonstration this Saturday that is being hosted by the Winona Public Library. We talked about what it's like being a dairy farmer, how it is to host her show around the farm table, and what she will be making during the demonstration. This is KJ with Inga Wichter on Culture Click. So I'm in the studio today with Inga Wisher. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well, thank you. Uh, so you are part of uh, Around the Farm Table. What What is that exactly? So Around the Farm Table is a television series which really celebrates Midwest agricultures and small food producers, family farmers, and all kinds of things. I'm actually a fourth-generation dairy farmer, and I milk cows and make cheese on my small dairy farm near Eau Claire, Wisconsin. I moved here about 15 years ago. Uh, my parents moved here with me, and my dad and I were like one day kind of thinking, wow, the Midwest is so much, so full of like amazing agriculture that I think people don't know about it. So we decided that we should start a television series to explain to people what's happening in the Midwest. And so what we do in our television series is we start out on my dairy farm talking about what's happening that season on the farm, whether it's milking cows or waiting for calves to arrive, et cetera, et cetera. And then we go around the Midwest and we source ingredients from other small family farms who are, have incredible stories to tell. And then we bring those ingredients back to my house and cook a meal around the farm table. And we're on PBS uh, nationwide. I think we're now in 36 different states. And we also air in Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. So we're incredibly excited to be able to share the stories of the Midwest with so many people around the United States. Wow, that's that's really amazing. I mean, I've I know for a fact my grandfather watches the show because <laughs> um, he he was also a dairy farmer. Oh, wonderful! Yeah. Did you get to spend any time on the farm when you were growing up? When I was growing up, when I was younger, yes, I spent a lot of my time with them on the farm. I I always remember waking up early in the morning and going. Uh, down to the barn and helping my grandmother feed the cows and everything. Those are the best memories. <laughs> yeah, it it was it was a lot of fun. And then later in their years, they retired and sold the farm. But I I still had those memories, and those were some of the best memories. Um. So you mentioned you're a fourth generation dairy farmer. That that's a lot of generations. Yeah, and I'm really excited. You know, I never thought I was actually going to be carrying on the family legacy of dairy farming. I actually wanted to be a hairdresser the whole time I was going through high school. And then I really kind of fell back in love with the land, with growing food, uh, and especially with milking cows. I love to be able to share the history of my father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, and to be, you know, be able to connect with those past generations through what I do for my living. Yeah, I I totally don't understand wanting to connect with your past and uh, doing everything. That's kind of the reason my grandfather started with his farm. It was originally, if my memory serves me correctly, it was originally his uncles that he bought out and started doing that. But his father and like all the rest of his family were also farmers, so it was it was interesting. And I was kind of kind of sad to see that neither my 
my aunt or my father wanted to continue with that. It's getting definitely harder and harder these days to be able to be a dairy farmer. I think in the state of Wisconsin last year or the year before, we lost over 800 family dairy farms, and it's kind of a national crisis right now. So I, I can see why people are hesitant to take over the family business because of those um, high costs of being able to get, you know, feed the cows and what you're getting for milk sometimes is just not working out. Mm-hmm. And that's actually one of the reasons why I decided to stop shipping milk to other creameries. And I built a creamery on my farm so that we're putting all of our milk right into a value-added product, which is a raw milk bandaged cheddar. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, so with uh, Around the Farm Table... Uh, when when did it originally start, and how long did it take you in order to like promote it and get like PBS to help you with it? So we started. I think right now we're going to be filming our eighth season. So I ooh, we started in 2012 or 2013, and we we started by just doing short 10 minute videos that we would put up on the YouTube and different things like that. And we had a cameraman who had just uh, graduated high school who was helping us, and we figured out how to do a little bit of the editing. And then we approached uh, Wisconsin Public Television with our short videos, and we said we'd really like to do a show explaining the stories about these beloved farmers here in the in the state of Wisconsin and Minnesota and the surrounding areas. And they said, okay, well, let's do a pilot episode and then we did a pilot episode and people really were able to connect with the show like you and I a lot of people have those memories of growing up visiting their grandparents farm or feeding cows on their own farm or harvesting vegetables with an aunt and so I think with the show a lot of people can really connect with the stories yeah it I I totally understand connecting with the stories and I mean, it's it's great for um, promoting uh, the smaller farmers and showing, like, yeah, just because they're not a big farm, they have really good quality stuff. For sure. And, you know, farmers wear so many different hats. Uh, for example, like, here I can be a midwife one day, a veterinary the other day, a soil scientist the next day, a mechanic, a herdsman, you know, all these different things that we do as farmers. And then we also have to promote our products and promote what we do. And it's difficult for some of those farms to find the time to do it. And a lot of farmers tend to be a little bit shy. So by having this outlet of this uh, show where we can come on the property as other farmers and be able to speak their language and make them feel comfortable, I think we can help them tell these stories. And the thing about the stories is once people know where their food is coming from, it gives them a different emotion when they're eating that food or serving that food to their different family members. So, for example, like if you go out and you harvest a tomato out of your garden in August uh, or you pick one at the farmer's market in August, it's going to taste so much different. It's going to be so much better than a tomato that's been shipped in from California in December. But also knowing the story behind the folks that grew that and how they care for their soils and how they care for the environment around them makes it extra special. Yeah, it it really does. I, I totally get like that that nice feeling of like this is like freshly grown, like you know, like that someone like tenderly cared for this plant and like here's their fruition of it. Um so 
you you've traveled all over Wisconsin, Minnesota, and obviously the rest of the Midwest. Uh, do you travel more in certain areas, or is it just wherever you can have like someone guest on it? Well, it really depends on um, the season, what we have time for. So my first and foremost hat that I wear is a dairy farmer. And so I have to make sure that I'm getting my cow's milk twice a day and that I'm getting the cheese made. So sometimes we have to go to farms where we can drive to during the day and get back for the evening milking. Sometimes I'm able to have uh, my husband milk for me and then we can go a little bit farther. And really we're just trying to find these great stories. So we could be going to, you know, five hours away because the the person is growing something really unique or growing something in a really unique way. Or uh, agritourism, we've we've gone down to the southern part of Wisconsin and visited people who have turned their farms into bed and breakfasts. And it's just like, it's so interesting. So we, we go wherever the story takes us. And sometimes I just have to be back by the evening milking. <laughs> understandable but yeah those actually the bed and breakfast one sounds interesting it's very interesting a lot of farmers are sort of looking for that other thing that they can implement on their farms to bring in a little extra cash and a lot of people want to stay on farms and want to have that experience for their children of seeing the you know the baby cows or the lambs or the cats running around and and being able to have that experience so it's something it's a win-win for both the farmers who are offering those days and also the people who can get out and stay at those places. Yeah, that's yeah, that's really intriguing. I might have to do that one day <laughs> <laughs> just to relive the experience. Um, so let me think of how I want to word this. So a lot of what you kind of do is you go to these different farms and you gather ingredients and then you bring them home and cook them. What kind of dishes have you made in the past? Oh, I've made everything from uh, a veal roasted in hay to uh, a classic egg bake, uh, homemade ice cream, um, let's see, nettle soup is one of my favorite things. In the spring, when you have uh, nettles or burning weeds, some people call them, they if they touch your skin, they'll make you itch and sting and forever, but they're chocked full of nutrition and they're one of those first wild edibles that come up in the springtime and so I really like to make those into a soup. I've also made them into a cake uh, and you're getting all that nutrients from the soil. So I like to, I like uh, classic dishes but I also really love to try different things like I said with those wild foods like nettle soup or uh, farro salads or you know just it's Cooking is so fun, and it's fun to be able to experiment with different things. Maybe some things work out, maybe some things don't, but that's okay. And so I just like to experiment with all kinds of different things. And really, I focus on the ingredients and how to make the ingredients taste as good as possible. So the dish really revolves around what ingredients I'm cooking with. Wow, that's nettle soup. I've can't say I've heard of that, and I don't know if I'd be willing to try it, to be fully honest. It's absolutely delicious. When you're cooking with nettles, as soon as they hit uh, warm water, whether that's under the sink getting rinsed off or, or in the soup pot, they lose their sting, and they're absolutely incredibly, uh, they, they sort of like, uh, it's a great spring tonic after being sort of 
missing all those great greens during the wintertime. It's a great spring tonic to be able to have a, a nettle soup, and it feels like it revitalizes you after the long winter. Okay. I'll I'll put that in on the back burner of maybe trying <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so speaking of all this cooking, you actually have a cooking demonstration coming up here uh, that's being hosted by the Winona Public Library. Do you want to talk more about that? Yeah, I'm really excited. It's going to be a, a week from the Saturday on the 27th of March at 10 a.m. And people can sign up for the Zoom link, I believe, with the library. And it'll be about a 45-minute demonstration talking about spring ingredients, what's happening around the West, why we should be eating local food, what are those benefits, how to find that local food in your area. And I'm going to be making a spring soca. And a soca is a chickpea flour that I kind of make into like a flatbread or like almost like a pizza crust. And it's gluten-free. And you can top it with all kinds of your spring favorite ingredients, like morel mushrooms, uh, ramps. I do top it with a pesto. And it's, it's, so Soka is actually from uh, Provence. It's from the south of France. And it's a street food there. But I've kind of interpreted it here as more of like, I, when I make it for my husband, he calls it a healthy pizza because it's gluten-free. And I fill it with all kinds of great vegetables. And then I'm also going to be making an ancient drink. It was like the original Gatorade. It's called Switchel, or some people call it Haymaker's Punch. And it's a delicious drink of apple cider vinegar with local honey uh, and a little bit of ginger mixed in. It's delicious. It's really hydrating. And it's a perfect drink for garden season. Wow. Yeah, I've I've never heard of... Uh, Soka, but I have heard of Haymaker's Punch. I've never had it, but I've heard of it. Oh, you'll have to try it. It's so fun, and it's, you know, it's a recipe that's been around. I suppose some people started planting apple trees on the East Coast all the Yeah, I'll definitely have to try it. So, with, um, with the demonstration, will you be, like, listing ingredients and, like, saying step-by-step step what you're doing so that way people can like make it later if they want to we'll definitely be talking about measurements what the ingredients are and our recipes are also always available on our website our website is aroundthefarmtable.com and you can find these recipes today under the recipe section of around the farm table and then you can actually get some of those ingredients and follow along with us while we're doing the cooking demonstration or always come back to it later on and make it another time. Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely have to look into that because I know I am I am not culinary inclined whatsoever. Um, well, the good thing is, is when you start with great ingredients, you don't have to be a culinary genius. Those ingredients really speak for themselves. True, yeah. But some, my other roommates might be interested in making that, <laughs> so I'll have to see if they want to do it. Um, so, like we said, it's sponsored by the Winona Public Library. Did they reach out to you to do this whole demonstration? I actually reach out to libraries all around. Uh, I have folks from different areas saying, oh, can you come and do... I used to do a lot of in-person demonstrations so I could get out and meet people. And now, obviously, all that has changed. So now we're doing them on Zoom. So I have people from different areas say, can you reach out to our libraries to do a demonstration in our area. So I reached out to them uh, two 
months, I think even maybe like a year ago. And then we decided on this date for a Zoom conference or a Zoom demonstration. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, normally with most events, uh, it's the other way around. So that's actually really nice. Yeah. So how can, you You already plugged uh, your website, but how can uh, people find out more about you and about, um, yeah, just your whole show and everything, I guess? Well, you can follow along with us on Facebook or Instagram at Around the Farm Table. The name of my dairy farm, which is also on Facebook and Instagram, is St. Isidore's Dairy, S-T period, I-S-I-D-O-R-E-S, Dairy. So St. Isidore was the patron saint of farmers and gardeners, and I chose to name my farm after such a saint. Uh, And if you're ever in the Eau Claire area, we're going to be at the farmer's market on Saturdays. Uh, We have the... not sure exactly when we're going to start airing new episodes this later on this fall, but I think in Winona you get probably get the uh, Wisconsin Public Television. Uh, we're airing right now on Twin City Public Television at 7.30 on Thursday night, and you can find us all the time and watch past episodes on AroundTheFarmTable.com. Awesome. And uh, like we mentioned before, if anyone is interested in joining uh, the cooking demonstration on Saturday, the 27th, you can go uh, to the Winona Public Library's website, and it's just a simple form of filling out a Google form in order to register to get the link to join the Zoom room. Uh, So I just want to say thank you, Inga, for uh, doing this interview. It was so much fun talking to you and I really can't wait to see the haymakers punch and what else you have to talk about Kelly it was absolutely a delight talking with you today and I hope that I'll be seeing you through our screen on Saturday morning the 27th at 10 (laughs) a.m. I'll for sure be there (laughs) will I be fully awake Mm, questionable Oh, to be young again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Inga. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thanks again to Inga Wister for the interview. To learn more about Inga and her show, go to AroundTheFarmTable.com. To sign up for the cooking demonstration, go to the Winona Public Library site under the Events tab. The demonstration will take place this Saturday, the 27th, at 10 a.m. To stream today's episode or any other episode of Culture Click, go to kqal.org and click the podcast tab. This is KJ on Culture Click. Creating cultural awareness and understanding. You've been listening to Culture Click. Support for Culture Click is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Culture Click is produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. For more information, look us up on the web at kqal.org. And thanks for listening to Culture Click.